Hello, and welcome back to The Real Kevlar about our bulletproof love story. I'm Kevin Perry, here with my lovely co-host. Lauren Perry. Thank you to everyone who listened and gave us some feedback from our last episode. So far, we've had 80 downloads, and that's way better than either of us anticipated. Um, Again, we're kind of doing this for each other, for us, for our little event session, our outlet to get to know one another even further. Um, But we really appreciate all the feedback and all the people reaching out saying they enjoyed it. And um, the next step here is to kind of grow this thing a little further. So what's next? Five-star reviews, right? Rating review, drop your rating review on podcast, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Please give us a, a positive comment there. If it's negative, don't bother. Just keep it to yourself. Right. Let us talk to each other and continue having our good time. Again, this podcast is about our love story, about our a glimpse into what we have kind of come up with, um, us continuing to grow and get to know each other, um, and a little bit of an outlet for her and for me just to share some thoughts with one another, share some thoughts with some people who may or may not be listening, and to continue to vent and heal ourselves, I guess, a little bit. Um, One interesting text I want to share that came from a good friend. Um, After listening to the podcast, he was excited. He sent me a text that said, Socrates said, the unexamined life is not worth living. I find it adorable that you two are examining your life together. I'm not ready to start throwing names out there yet, but whoever sent that to me, we really appreciate it. Um, Very thoughtful, kind, and motivation for us to keep going. We are going to start releasing this once a week. That's kind of the common feedback that we got is to release it more often. Uh, Every other bit of feedback we've gotten has kind of been contradictory. So we're going to stick with the 30 minutes. We're going to stick with everything else we've kind of done so far. And we're going to continue to improve and get better. If you think of things or have ideas for us, then please reach out and and share it with us. We have an Instagram account now. What's our Instagram handle? At The Real Kevlar. So you can send us messages there. We're going to start posting there more regularly. Um, if you have any feedback, suggestions, ideas, or things, post there, and we'll continue to improve, like we said. So the plan is to release an episode every Friday. Last week, we kind of jumped the gun because I got impatient. and We were newbies. And we were making sure that the software would release it the right way. Uh, we, we'll continue to troubleshoot and get better as things go. So hopefully, we'll stick to our Friday plan. And again, releasing episodes weekly. So today's agenda. Today we'll be doing our first interview, um, a larger segment of what our podcast will be. Lauren and I will be interviewing each other, but for this episode, Lauren will interview me. Of course, we likely know the answer that each of us will provide during these interviews. Um, But how this works is one of us, Lauren, has shared a a topic with me. And she's come up with a list of questions that she's going to ask me. And the format of it is we're going to tell you what the topic is, or you already read it in the title here, and she's going to ask a question, I'm going to give a response, and then she'll have a chance to respond if she has any comments or um, discoveries during my answer. And then next episode, we'll flip it and we'll go the other direction. I will interview her. Again, this is a chance for us to motivate, inspire, get some things off our chest, maybe learn something new about one another. This week, Lauren's going to interview me about your dad, my dad. 
So how much into the story should we get into? Or does that come up in your questioning? I mean, it's coming up into my questioning. All right. So question number one. Well, I just, I think this is a good topic because we kind of went through last week who we are, where we came from, a little bit of that. Um, And a lot of the other things I want to interview you about, I think maybe stem off of this. Not sure. Um, Should we put a disclaimer on this that it would it's a heavy topic or do we just go with it <laughs> with it i'd say we just roll with it i mean it's heavy but it's something that i've dealt with more than almost half my life now so okay well let's start by having you tell us about your dad what do you remember specifically about him when you were little just kind of start i guess from as early as you can remember when you were little. All right. So before I was born, I was just kidding. (laughs) Um, So the earliest memories I have of my dad were my dad was a truck driver. He drove oil trucks. So not like the big 18 wheelers, but more of the 10, 12 wheeler trucks. I think they were 10 wheelers, Um, but he drove oil trucks for Mulger. It's an oil company up in Pennsylvania. Um, And I remember him coming home, washing his truck, which was massive, and taking detailed care of it, taking care of all the vehicles in our family, doing things around the house, all the basic carpentry stuff he would usually mess up and call his brother Joe in for him to work on. So um, my dad was a very strong person physically. Um, He was always one of the biggest people I've ever met. Any of you who see our Facebook page or maybe we'll throw a picture up on Instagram. My dad was one of the more genetically gifted physiques that I've ever seen. Um, never really worked out. He had a, a barbell in the garage that he would pump out every now and then, but definitely didn't work out as much as I did. Um, tons of stories came out around the time of his funeral about the way he kind of worked his physique. Um, but for the most part, my dad was a, he was a tough dude. Um, had a, I wouldn't say a rough upbringing, but he's definitely one of those old school guys that was grown and groomed into manhood in a very tough and physical way. Um, early memories, my dad was, again, he was a tough guy and he was a, a, a very physically imposing person. Um, from the time that I could remember, he was always like the strongest dude in my world. Um, until he was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis when I was six, he was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, which is a muscle wasting disease. And it kind of broke him down. Um, but for the most part of the first 10 or so years of my life, he was still physically empowering. And, and even when he couldn't walk as well, he would get on all fours and wrestle with me and my older brother and throw us across the room. And he kind of would ground himself by putting his knees down so that he could stay on balance. Um, so he was sick for, 11 years from 96 to 2007, then he passed away. And during that time, there was a huge change in his personality. We went from this mean, tough SOB to turning into a very nice, fun, loving, great sense of humor. And and that part really shined through. Um, And if you ask me, if you compare my brother and mine personality, it kind of reflects that. So my brother's a lot more, he's a lot 
tougher and and maybe physically um he was always bigger and always more of a fighter kind of personality than I was. I was more of a lover, more intellectual. And, and I mean, when it came to our sports, I guess I was kind of softer if I were to look back at it, but that's probably a story for another day. Um, so yeah, I guess that answers your question. Did I surprise it, it you? It answers a couple of my questions. <laughs> no, you know, do you have a rebuttal to that? Um, no, no. I mean, I know most of that. I think, let's see. The next question I have is, well, okay. What do you remember about finding out about his diagnosis because you were six? So I almost want to like understand or unpack how that changed because you said like his, I don't want to say his personality changed. Right. But like there was a lot that changed. So it was like you being six. And then as you were growing up with it, I don't know how the best to ask that. No, I gotcha. So again, I was six. I don't, I don't really remember much. Um, I do remember kind of getting the news told to us. Um, and none of us have ever heard of it before. Um, I remember my mom and my dad being very upset. Um, I, I don't remember much. I do remember like the progression of like yeah. my dad working and still in his job. And then to the point where they were like, he can't drive anymore. And then him moving to being with that same company still and moving to be a mechanic there. So he wasn't on the road as much, but he was still working and able to do things. And he was still pretty active in our world. Um, and then transitioning to when he came home to be on disability, um, which then he was home with us kids. Um, he worked on like neighborhood lawnmowers and, and stayed busy doing things around the house and around the neighborhood, helping people out. Um, and at that point, it started to really kind of hit home that things were kind of imminent. Um, just kind of seeing him start to walk with a cane um, and have difficulty and, and struggle around the house, just mobility-wise. Um, I mean, there's a couple stories we could dig into there. One, I remember um, a kid in fourth grade. And again, I'm not throwing any names out there. I mean, he was a fourth grader. But I still remember to this day when a kid was asking me why my dad was so drunk walking into school. Um, and I had to tell him straight up, but we were fourth graders. He didn't understand what that was and what that meant. Um, but my dad was still one of the best drivers on the road. He was still very capable of doing pretty easy things around the house. Um, and then it continued to get worse from there. My dad's disease was extremely chronic. Um, and, and there were case studies written and all kinds of med medical procedures that they did that they don't typically norm normally do on uh, multiple sclerosis patients. Um, you see people survive and thrive and with that disease. Um, unfortunately, his was extremely chronic and very fast developing. So his kind of spiraled pretty quickly. Um, again, as far as the – I know he was 35, um, which is – two years from where I'm at. I'm 33 right now. My brother's over 35 and I watched my brother kind of cross that threshold of being 35 and 
I kind of predicted that things might change in his life a little bit as he sit back and th- thought, sat back and thought, um, man, 35, that's when dad got sick. I was like, man, when I hit that age, I might have some, some crazy thoughts and some, some change of hearts and some change in ideas. Um, and that happened to be the, the year my brother met his now wife. So good things happen for him and I'm sure good things will continue to happen for us. Yeah. I did not know about that fourth grade story. Yeah. Silly kids. Silly kids. Um, okay. So what did you do to either stay positive or keep yourself busy during, um, just the progression? Well, the number one thing was my dad's personality. Um, no matter what, was happening, no matter how bad things were, no matter how bad of a day he had, no matter how much pain or, or frustration he had with his illness, his physical response was always to give a thumbs up. Um, and I'm kind of quick to pull that in school a lot. And that's kind of my first response to positive things. Um, I actually have a, a handprint on my back tattooed of a thumbs up with our family pinky ring on it. Um, so my dad's positivity through it all was really probably what molded most of my character, just seeing like the hardest thing that you could possibly go through as a human, he thrived and he had a great personality through it all. Um, seeing my mom's determination to fight through it all for us kids was definitely helpful. Um, she definitely is a strong woman. Um, and, and she had three great kids who all graduated college and, and went through, high school and and did everything that that she and and her husband did and and even more than that and now we have good families with with children and and one on the way for not for us Uh congratulations frank and joanna um but just the strength of the people around me is is huge my my grandparents my grandfather um was was kind of stepping up to be the father figure in, in our life Um, my brother was also kind of stepping up to be the father figure when, when he needed to be. So just having all that positivity around me helped us to stay positive. And again, my dad's great sense of humor, my great sense of humor, everyone, in our family had a great sense of humor. Like we kind of, we kind of just bonded through it all. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Your dad definitely had a great sense of humor. Um, I had obviously a handful of interactions because we started dating when we were so young. Um, My sister is a teacher and whenever there were snow days, I used to call the landline (laughs) of Kevin's house to let them know that school was closed because, you know, we had the end we knew before it kind of hit the news stations. And his dad was always awake and always answered the call. Um, so that's and that's a, how she earned the nickname of Six O'Clock Lauren. Yes. Those interactions, um, I will never forget. And the thumbs up, we, well, at least I, I think you do too. We have two instances that will forever stay like etched in my brain for until I'm <laughs> very old. But when we were pregnant with Logan we had a sonogram picture with like the clearest thumbs up. Do you remember that? Oh yeah. And I felt like that was your dad shining through. And now little Mason, 
multiple times a day if you do anything for him. Good job. He'll say good job with a <laughs> thumbs up. He'll say thank you with like the cutest little stumpiest thumb. So that's just, I really, really love those moments. Um, okay. How do you think the loss of your father has shaped um, who you are today? Which you kind of touched on this. But. Yeah, I mean, there's one thing that I've really noticed when when my dad passed was just how slow that time was. I mean, we all kind of knew it was coming. We had the meetings with with the doctors and the family preservation people and and the pastors and the funeral directors. We we had all those meetings. We knew kind of what was coming. We we actually had it pretty close to an expectation of of how long um, when hospice got involved, the in home care nurses. Um, we had a pretty good idea, and and we were kind of as prepared as you could be. Um, and really the, when he passed, it was on a Wednesday morning. Um, and, and for that rest of that week into the weekend, before we kind of got back to our routines on Monday, those five days were like the slowest days of my life. And I'm sure anyone who's had a a recent or a death in their family can, can kind of relate to that. But those five days were like the slowest days. And, and, you don't want to dwell on it. You don't want to think on it, but you do have to go through, through some sort of process to mourn through it all. Um, but all I wanted to do that whole time was get back to my 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 life and get back to things as close to normal as possible. Um, that was in the middle of my senior year football season. Um, so I was missing practice time, games times, and my team was very supportive through it all. Um but I feel like ever since then, I've never stopped. I've never slowed down. Um, I rolled right into high school football. After that, was rolling right into college football and college. Um, rolled right from that into bodybuilding and working full-time and finishing college and then getting a full-time job right away and then coaching football, getting my master's, and then getting a new job. And now I started my doctorate. Now I have a family. I have a wife and two amazing kids. And and I just feel like I can't stop. I can't slow down. Um, every now and then I'll have a day where I just need to take off and kind of disappear into my own world. And, and I think about him a lot, but it's a very short lived time. And and I feel like my drive and motivation comes from that. Yeah. Um, okay. So when we actually, both times we were pregnant, we did not know if we were having a girl or boy each time. And surprise, we have two crazy kiddos. Two boys. But, oh yes. <laughs> but um, what was it like to have your first son? I don't want to, you know, separate them, but like surprise, but then also that it was like a son. Surprise, like on the gender or just overall i mean overall i don't know um, this leads into some of my other questions so I the just go with the <laughs> so when logan was born there was like a hundred nurses in there like the nicu nurses were there right so there was a ton of people in there and like i was just kind of there i wasn't active i was just kind of in a fog trying to figure out what was happening um trying to be close to you and they're yelling at me to coach you through it and i was just kind of trying not to pass out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um and then when they when Logan came out and they pulled him up and they were like 
look. And I like peeked over and saw it was a boy and like, I just froze. And it wasn't like a froze of fear. It was like a froze. I froze of like, just, I've never been, I mean, I've never been that surprised before. I was extremely happy. I was excited. Um, I mean, it could have been a girl or a boy. It didn't really matter, but I was sick and I couldn't even turn and tell you what it was. Like they had to be like, all right, tell your wife what you had. And I was like, oh yeah, it's a boy. And like, I, I was very excited. Um, and then they had to take him and clean him up again. Nikki was involved. So things were a little different than a normal one, but it wasn't bad. It was just different. So they took him and put him on the scale, cleaned him up. And I was able to go over one-on-one with him and take pictures and, and FaceTime my mom and my sister and kind of, and be the first one to interact with him as much as I did. Um, and he was laying back on his, um, little scale thing there, flexing front double bicep pose. So it was perfect for me. Um, and then just seeing your response and your reaction was even, it was like, it all happened over again. So that was, that was amazing. Um, Mason, it was a lot of the same, but it was, again, I've never, I've never felt that level of surprise and I've never felt that level of even though I, it was a boy and I've like experienced that before that level of surprise and the same exact thing, but totally different was amazing. And I was breathless and lost And that time. It was a lot more, I wouldn't say intimate because it's not really a romantic thing, but um, it was me, you and a, a nurse and a doctor. So it was a lot smaller. Yeah. It was way less. Chaotic. And that was during COVID. So yeah. that was an interesting mix up as well. But both were amazing and and best moments of my life. Okay. So then my next question is, and you've said this to me before, but you can't wait till the boys are older so you can text them and have certain types of a level of relationship with them that ultimately I think it's what you didn't get a chance to have with your dad. So. Yeah. I mean, technology is amazing. Um, I would give so much just to see a video, which I know there's like VHS videos and home recordings in my mom's house that we have to dig up and kind of, um, bring them into the 21st century. Um, but I would give so much just to hear his voice, just to see him again. Um, my dad, when he started to get sick, they made him journal. Um, so there's a set of journals bouncing between me my brother and my sister that, have his thoughts, his notes. And again, like some of the more depressing days when he's not feeling great and some of his funny commentaries written in there and his very poor handwriting is in there and reminds us of him. His coffee spills all over. It just remind us so much of the times that we had. Again, my dad was home with us from probably the time we were eight, nine, I was eight, nine, 10 years old till I was 17. So I spent so much time with him. Um, but so many people take for granted, like the fact that they could just text their dad. Um, mm-hmm. You could text your dad, you can get a phone call from him. It's just. <sighs> I can't wait to have that with my boys. Yeah, and also when those little dudes are ready to test me and think that they can run this house, I have been training for that day my whole life. So when them boys hit that age of 16 and I'm going to go kick dad's butt, 
boys, I'll tell you right now, I'm waiting for that moment. I've been training for that day since I was four years old and bring it on. Next question before I go wake them up in their beds. That was my last question. All right. Well, what did you learn about me today? I mean, I wouldn't say necessarily that I learned something, but I am just nonstop impressed by you. I really am. Because I feel like you take something that could be so horrible, like is so horrible. I mean, that a lot of people obviously can go through and it's, it's like the worst fear of some people's lives and you have such like a positive outlook on it and you exactly what you said, how you have never really stopped. I mean, it's like such a driver for you and it, I don't know. You're just, it, it's, I can't even find the words to say it, but you impress me every day. You really do. And, and there's, hundreds of people that I'd like to, that I can give credit to for and and thank for helping me get through all that. Obviously my, my family, um, some of my best friends growing up again, I don't, I don't know how ready we are to start throwing names out there. Um, but they always had my, were at my side, had my back. Um, the, the Downingtown, the whole Downingtown West football team, the coaches, um, an incredible part of, of kind of my growth and my recovery. Some of the teachers in my building, they they made me have the career path I had just by being that mentor and being bigger than just the teacher at the front of the room and being a a, a human that I could, I could talk to and and get through all this with. Um, I mean, maybe an, another thirty minute podcast could me just be writing a list of all the people I, I could yeah. thank during that time. Um, yeah, it's uh, and I, and I thank you, Lauren, because I mean, you were six o'clock, Lauren, and and you met my dad when you were fourteen, and he was ill, and and you were all the way up there till the end, and supportive of me, and I don't mean to brag, but you're gonna be the significant other that's that knew my dad, and and unfortunately, Joanna and Jamal, they they just came on the scene a little too late, and. I'm sure they know the the man, the myth, the legend, but they never got to meet him in person like you did. So I'm extremely blessed to have you in my life as long as I have and, and continue having you around. And that's something that we will be able to cherish forever. Um, anything else? Sorry if we got deep here. No. Um, so not every podcast will be about me again next week. I'll interview her and I'll throw her under the bus and see if I can't make her cry. Um, not that I want to, but she cries pretty easily so we can make that happen. I'm sure. Um, so next week we plan to flip it around and I will interview Lauren, same format as today. I'll give her a topic. I'll come up with a set of questions and she'll have to answer the questions and I can kind of respond and hopefully we can learn something new about each other. Um, Another change we talked about it earlier, we're going to drop a new episode each week and we'll hope to stay on top of that releasing episodes every Friday. Thank you for listening. Um, we've had a blast in our first two episodes and, and it's been really fun seeing all the feedback and all the responses. What kind of feedback have you gotten?
that people like it. And I actually, I'm still kind of getting used to the fact that people are actually listening. Right. I don't know if I didn't expect listeners because I was nervous about it or if I genuinely didn't think people would listen, but they are. And thank you. Um, so before we close things, um, again, reminder, if you're on Apple or Spotify, please drop us a rating and review and only if it's five star and positive, if not, don't type anything. Um, I'm sorry to my family, not in a negative way, but if this upset you, then I apologize. I didn't mean it to, but I did want to share and I did want to, um, kind of put myself out there a little bit. And I was excited to do this. This topic was on our list beforehand and it was one of the top ones that I wanted to bring up and um, I enjoy talking about it even though it's very emotional Um, so again thanks everybody any last minute comments nope alright to close this out this evening my wife is gonna you ready she is gonna cite the Gettysburg address from top to bottom from memory ready set go I'll start you out. Four score, go. And seven years ago. Bye.